When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Get the knowledge you need to advance your mortgage practice quickly and efficiently from Jen Duplessis. America's Mortgage Mastery Mentor with over 37 years of experience and over $1 billion in lifetime fundings. Jen has been mentoring loan officers and realtors for over 15 years and speaking on stages across the globe. So settle in and get ready as Jen and her guests share their experience, passion, and strategies to help you crack the top producer code to reach new heights in your business. And now, here's your host, Jen Duplessis. Mortgage Mastery Mentor and Head Chicken Charge of Kinetic Spark Consulting. Hey everyone, it's Jen Duplessis, and I am doing a Jen's Jot today for our podcast. And uh, it's just good to see you all. It's been a while since I've done that. Uh, I just want to share a little bit of insider information or private information to help you understand why you haven't had a Jen's job for a while. And that is that four months ago, five months ago, my husband um, had a very uh, bad medical situation and it's taken us five months to kind of get back to normal and be able to, for me to be able to uh, focus on giving some Jen's jots instead of just doing interviews, which I love doing. So either way is fine. Um, but welcome to Mortgage Lending Mastery. I'm your host, Jen Duplessis. And today I want to talk to you about conversions. And I've got some information I want to share with you about tracking conversions. Now, one of the things that I've always used is something called the five S's in converting. Um, so the first thing that I want to share with you is that when you are looking at changing your conversion ratios, and the reason I'm sharing this with you today is because a lot of people, as I've mentioned several times, have their uh, binoculars on always looking for new business, new business, new business. And that's fine. I, we, we need new business all the time. I also talk a lot about your acres of diamonds, looking at what you already have so you can nurture the relationship um, and not neglect the relationship, right? So that you have both new business coming in and you have business that you already have, your alumni clients who come back to you. But when it comes to conversion, one of the things that, that I'm going to recommend that you look at is what if you converted one more person a week? What if you converted one more person a month? And how that would change your life and how that would change your financial picture or your health picture um, if you didn't have to work so much, you know, in uh, trying to get more business. And so conversion ratios are really, really key to uh, moving your business forward exponentially without having to work any harder. So let's take a deep look, a deep dive into why are you not converting more of the people that you're talking to? So I came up with these five S's and God help me that I'll remember them today. I should have written them down, but uh, I just had someone uh, reschedule and I thought, you know what? I'll use this time to do 
a uh, podcast, uh, you know, a Jen's job myself. So another little lesson there, when the white space opens up, fill it with something that, that is uh, still good for you to do, something you've been intending to do anyway. So the first one is your sales skills. If you're not converting as many people as you'd like, the first thing is to look at your sales skills. Now, you've met many of you have heard me say over and over and over that, uh, you know, when we're not selling, we're serving, we're edu selling, but there is a sales aspect to it. You do have to sell yourself. So um, how are your sales skills? I would look at how are my sales skills and why am I not converting as many people? So am I selling the steak and not the sizzle on the phone? If that's your intent, right? Uh, I'm an advocate of a hopes and dreams call, a very quick five, 10 minute hopes and dreams call to gather information and then a discovery call or a strategy session to uh, share with them the results of the tests that we have run, so to speak, by them filling out their application, their 1003, right? And then providing us with uh, validation documentation. So we do that strategy session or discovery meeting after we've done the hopes and dreams, just gathering up information. So Obviously, in that five minutes, I'm not really selling anything. I'm just fact gathering. So when it comes to the strategy call or the discovery call, that's not a sales call. It's an edu selling situation. But again, all the marketing in the world, the best marketing in the world, the Facebook ads, the great flyers and graphics, and you wrapped your car so that everybody sees you. All of that means nothing if you can't properly present and sell to your customer and your client exactly what you are about, what their needs are, surprising and disrupting them by providing something they didn't even ask for. Um, so what are your sales skills? Are your sales skills the issue for why you're not converting more clients? So I'd look closely at that. Number two, I would look at your service skills. What level of service are you providing? Now, you all know, I don't talk about being on demand. I talk about being in demand. So we're still providing excellent customer experience. But what are those service skills? Is it that you have so many voicemails that no one can leave you a voicemail because the box is full and you haven't called anybody back? Has someone slipped through the cracks because you don't have a system, which we'll talk about in a second? But what are your service levels? Are people feeling that you're paying attention and they're being served? So I would look at that as well. Now, if you have team members that do your hopes and dreams when you're not available and all of that, then we need to look at how they're servicing um, the clients and the referral partners and the vendors that you have. What are the service levels that they are providing and have you laid out expectations properly in the management cycle? that you're setting expectations, that you're inspecting them, providing feedback, positive feedback, and then resetting those expectations. And it's, that is the circle of management. So it's called the management cycle. So again, that's setting expectations, inspecting expectations, providing positive feedback, and then resetting the expectations if you did not set them properly in the beginning, or if you set them, but they had, there were holes in their receiving of the expectations and they didn't raise their hand and say, I don't understand something. So that's where you reset. So that's how you could measure service skills. The next is system skills. What and how does your system look? 
Do you take referrals on text and then forget about the text? Do you take them on voicemail and forget about the voicemail or delete the voicemail, writing it someplace thinking you'll remember? Do you write it on a napkin and shove it in your pocket? You know, how, how are your systems? Every single client should go through the system the exact same way. Why do I know this? Because this is what happens at fast food restaurants. It happens every place we get served, right? It doesn't matter if it's a grocery store that you have comfort with, you know, on the West Coast. Well, I don't know completely on the West Coast, but, you know, there's Kroger and there's King Supers and there's Safeway. And then on the East Coast, there's Publix and Piggly Wiggly and Harris Teeter, right? And Giant. And so going to those grocery stores, you have a familiarity with it. Going to Starbucks, you have a familiarity, Dunkin' Donuts, um, McDonald's, Walmart, Nordstrom, no matter where you go, there's a familiarity because there is a system in place. So what does your system look like? So we've talked about your sales skills, your service skills, your system skills. Now let's talk about your source skills. Sometimes the conversion is low because of the source where did the referral come from? And I have to tell you, one of the things that I just can't stand in our industry is when someone says, I get bad leads. It was a bad referral. No, no referral or lead is bad, but sometimes it's not ready to be sort of plucked from the vine, right? Or, you know, if it's an apple and it's not quite ripe yet, we, we pull it off of that vine too soon, or someone pulls it off and hands it to us too soon. And we take it on as loan officers, right? We take it on and we put it on the conveyor belt, you know, of our process and we blow dry it and try to put sun on it. We breathe heavy on it, hoping that by the time it gets to closing, it is finally ripe but we're forcing it to be ripe. What makes that a bad lead in air quotes, for those of you who are not watching, what makes that a bad lead is that we allowed for it to be put on the conveyor belt before it was ready, before it was ripe. So if someone hands you, pulls and plucks something that isn't ripe and hands it to you, don't put it on the, the conveyor belt necessarily. Say, yes, thank you, this is gonna be great. It's just not ready yet. It's not ready to go into the process. So you can set it aside and let it ripen. We've all done that, right? Where it's not quite ripe. So we put it on a windowsill and, you know, we put it in our kitchen or we put it in the fridge to ripen or we put it on the counter, depending on what it is. And so we let it ripen and then we take action on it. So it's not a bad apple. It's not a bad tomato. It just needs time to ripen before we can utilize it. And so often, we are so angst about and excited about getting referrals that we'll throw it onto that crazy conveyor belt called the loan process. And then we lose sleep and we aren't servicing our clients properly. So that's one source issue. Another source, you've all heard me talk about the story of Savannah, who is, was a real estate agent I was working with at a Century 21. And over the course of a year, um, so excited, I was tracking but I wasn't tracking properly, uh, but I tracked 67 referrals in a year. And I thought, oh, you know, she's my advocate. She's my A plus. And oh, she's one of my apostles. I'll do anything for her. I'll work long hours, et cetera. And in fact, she did ask me, hey, Jen, can you put together in a spreadsheet for all these referrals I've given you so that we can, you know, communicate? Yeah, yeah, I got that. And I had this, ret, you know, looks like a 
um, stoplight, right? It's red, yellow, and green. Red is dead. Yellow is in process. You know, is they're looking, they're kind of on hold. They're looking. And then green is it's in process or it has a pre-approval. And so it's moving forward. Right. And um, so I had this thing and, and I started looking at it and my gosh, all of it was red. And that is because I had made phone calls to these clients and said, Hey, Savannah asked me to give you a call. And they'd say, who? And I said, Savannah, Savannah over at Century 21, huh? Or they would never call me back or they would call me back. And I would say, yeah, Savannah said that you were interested in this property. Well, and they'd say, oh, my credit's terrible. I don't have a job. Right. So she wasn't filtering them enough and getting them to me. Could they have all been good? Sure. But they weren't ready to talk to me. Um, and they, they were so unripe. She hadn't even pulled them off the tree. She is, they're just hanging on the tree and she's saying, Hey, go in there and, and, uh, you know, see if you can do anything with the, the things that are hanging in the tree. I mean, that's how bad it was. And I realized, wow, that's not going to work. So I had a come to Jen meeting with her and, um, said, Savannah, look, you know, in the last year, 67 referrals, zero closings. And I was all about tracking, right? Just not tracking all the way, getting so involved in the tracking that I didn't see the forest through the trees. And I said, you know, um, this isn't going to work. So what do you say to them when you refer? And she said, well, I just say, say, call my lender, Jen. And I said, okay, when they call me, and if I ever get the chance to talk with them, I say, so let's talk about your credit and your income and your assets, right? And they say they don't have credit or their credit's bad or they don't have a job or they have no money, right? Those are the three things. So what if you said, hey, call my lender, Jen, and she's going to ask you about credit, assets, and income and let them tell you no, and then you keep them on the tree and you keep watching them and keep working with them and I'll help you with some, some of that, you know, as far as the credit restoration goes, but let's not pull them off the tree yet. Let's wait. And then, you know, that way, both of us were not thinking one, what I was concerned about is that she was thinking I'm not capable of selling, converting. But in fact, I didn't even have the opportunity because most of them didn't return my call. So what happened next is crickets. I started going, oh my gosh, she's mad at me. My, my apostle's mad at me, but she was a false apostle. There wasn't actually business happening. So the source was, so I said to her, uh, the other thing I said to her in our, our come to Jen meeting was, how are you getting all these leads? And she said, I sit at open houses for other realtors and I sit on desk duty in my office. Ah, so I had failed to ask her all that. So now I know it's just like getting online leads where you have to sift through thousands of them, but that's not how my practice worked. And it is also how her, her practice, she did not want it to work that way, but it was working that way. So all these crickets, I thought she was mad at me. I called her and I said, what's going on? Are you mad at me? And she said, no, no, I'm just doing the filtering. <laughs> like you asked me. So, okay, fine. So that's what we did. So in the next year, I think I, I don't remember all the numbers now, but I think I got seven referrals and we closed five and I increased my conversion ratio and I reduced my time spent working and not winning, right? There's a real key difference between working for the sake of working and working to win. And that's what we were doing. We were working to win. So I want you to look at your sources. Are you number three? Are you number two? Are you, you know, loan officer number one, two or three? Um, realtors, by the way, if you're listening to this, because many do, um, same thing for you. Are you option one, two, or three? Are people providing you 
with referrals that you think are referrals and it should be worked on right now before it's before they're ready to go into the process. And that's fine if they are, but you want to put them in a different category, perhaps leads for now and not referrals, because we don't want to count somebody who we don't have a shot at. Um, for those of you who like baseball, it's the difference between being on deck and being at bat, right? If you're on deck and someone else is at bat right now you, and they uh, get three outs in an inning, then you never even got a shot. You not, never got an at bat to even attempt to do first, second, third or home run. So that's what I consider to be leads. I didn't even get an at bat. I didn't, they didn't call me back. I didn't even have a chance to talk to them. That is not counted in my, my um, conversion ratios anymore because it wasn't ready. It wasn't ready. Um, it was too soon for it to be put on the conveyor belt or I didn't even get an at bat. So we've talked about sales skills. We've talked about service skills, system skills, and source skills. And especially now it's a perfect time of the year for you to look at your sources and say, are these the right sources? Or are they just, are they just giving me bones? You know, are they handing me bones? Because that will reduce your conversion ratio versus, and also how they refer you. What do they say? How do you want to be introduced? Instead of, hey, I've got this mortgage girl. You know, I want to be introduced as a certified mortgage planner. So there, and, and these are my niches, right? These are her niches, her specialties. So give her a call because of that. And then last but not least is your style skill. So what do I mean by that? Well, what is it about you that makes you unique and different? As I just mentioned, some of that is niches, right? There's riches and niches, niche to go rich. You've heard that before, but it's so important as you're listening to this podcast, it is so important that you market your niches. That doesn't mean you don't do everything else, that you market your niches so that people can remember. Otherwise, you're selling everything to no one and getting nothing. If you're selling to niches or marketing to niches, then people will remember you for those reasons, especially when we're talking about realtors. And realtors, those of you that are listening, this list of one, two, and three, oh, I have to give three. First of all, it's not a law. It's what has become the norm. It's sort of like 6%. It's not a law. It's not a rule. It just became the norm, right? So what is important in that particular instance is that rather than giving three names, saying, hey, lender one is my favorite lender and these are their niches, these are their specialties or their expertise, and here's lender two and their specialties and lender three and their specialties. I'm gonna give you the list, but I want you to call lender three because lender three specializes in exactly what you're trying to do. So rather than just sending to three people, and having one always get the business, maybe if they have service levels that are good, or the second person calling and they nab the business because the first wasn't available, and never getting to number three, you might be missing out. And this is both sides, lenders and realtors, you might be missing out on opportunities to have a smoother transaction because lender three has the specialty on new construction or renovation loans or reverse mortgages or FHA or VA, whatever it is, you know, jumbo loans in this market, whatever it is. And you missed it because you referred them to number one, who's your number one and struggled to get the loan done. So I'm hopefully, hopefully not making sense. 
So your style is hugely important in making sure that people know what is my specialty. When we think of Starbucks, we think of coffee. That's what we think about. They don't advertise their cute little pops, their little donut pops. They don't advertise their egg white thing, whatever it is they have. They don't advertise their yogurt. They advertise coffee, but they sell all the other items. Once people come in, then we share and say, hey, you know, maybe this is a better option than this, even though it was delivered because of the specialty. So we have to make sure that we are spotlighting and highlighting what makes us so special. And this becomes what I consider to be um, the importance in being able to um, uh, more people. So tracking, there's some tracking that needs to be done with this as well. So um, when a lead comes in, uh, we have the option to delete it, right? Delete it because it's not, not needed. There's no communication or move it to digital, digital. So one of the first things that I look at is, have I had a conversation with them? That's number one. If there's no conversation with them, I look to, is this a lead or is this a source issue, right? Or is this a, this is a lead. And then who's my source and making sure that my source is there um, to make sure that that I'm tracking how come it's not converting and how come that not no conversation first and foremost. So why hasn't the person called me back? Have I been sold properly? Did I not call them back fast enough? Um, what are the circumstances um, around that? And you want to track it. So I got a lead. I didn't talk to them. Now they're just, you know, they're just a lead. Someone came in. I didn't get a chance to talk to them. Now they're a lead. Number two, Who's the source? I've got to track who the source is and how many times does a lead someone call? I never get to talk to them. I never get that at bat. And it's always from that same source. Hmm. So I want to look at that. That's, that's one way to look at it. If it eventually goes to a conversation, then we can, we can put it back into the referral mode, right? But now it goes to a conversation. We have two options. Can we help them or we can't help them? So it's not eligible. Their credit score is too low. They don't have any income. They don't have any job. They have to get a divorce. They have to get married. They have to sell their house, whatever the case may be. And now we treat them differently. And so we have to um, track that as well in our conversions. If we can help them, then that can, is considered a referral. So now we can track the conversion. So now I can help you. That's considered a referral. So I've moved from lead to referral. And now I need to sell them, have good service, have systems in order to be able to tr um, track them and convert them to a pre-approval or to a refinance. But then it doesn't stop there. Now, once we have the pre-approval, um, the pre-approval is, are we converting them to going under contract? And once we've gone under contract, obviously, are we converting them to closed, right? To a closed business. But if they come in and they're not eligible right now, then we need to track that as well and decide, are they going to be deleted because they're never going to be eligible or are they going to be digital where we will communicate with them for a while, right? Um, and put them back into our system so that we can rotate them back into lead conversation, referral, lead conversation, referral until they get to the point where they can go to referral versus uh, you're still waiting. So we got to keep rotating that around. But what happens if you can help 
and you can't convert them. So now you have this referral because you can help them and, you're, and so that's considered a referral and we're going on to the pre-approval, but what if the competition jumps in and you're not able to convert it? So now that becomes a sales issue, right? This is a sales issue now that why can't you convert them? It's a sales issue. Now it could be, um, it could be a service issue because they were improperly sent to you thinking you could do construction loans, when in fact you can't do them. So it could be that, but, but we are looking at why wasn't it converted? What were the reasons behind it? The five reasons that we just talked about. So you can work on those reasons, those ideas on how to convert. If you're able to talk to someone and it's not, and not converted, then we need to make sure that we're tracking that as well. So there's a lot of tracking. And my recommendation is you map this out. I get a name. Do I talk to them or do I not talk to them? There's a conversion to track, right? One becomes a lead, one becomes a referral. I get the chance to talk to them. Now it's a referral. Did I convert them or did I not convert them? And why didn't I convert them, right? And if you did convert them, did you convert them to contract? Did you convert them to close? So there's a lot of pieces here that you need to be tracking. The top producers in the country track everything. If you're listening, you're saying it's too much, too much work, then you're going to work and not win. And I'd rather have you work to win rather than work to have long hours of work. So again, these five S's are something you want to be looking at for conversion ratios, because just converting one more client a week, one more phone call a week, going back to your source and saying, hey, how do you refer me? Going back to to your source and saying, hey, do you know my niches? Do you know your niches? <laughs> right? Going back and saying, do, do you know my niches? Or what is the pattern, the system that we use every single time? And really taking a hard look at this because as I've said before, you've got acres of diamonds. You've had all these referrals and leads that come in, but if they aren't converting, they're, they're not brilliant, right? They're getting stale and they're getting dirty and they're looking, looking badly. But what if you pick them up and start working with them and shining them up? you could actually make more money with what you already have. I'm not saying not to go out and look for new business. I'm saying that with just with what you have, you could convert more if you look at these five S's and be able to close more business instantly. If you just work on your conversions, the difference between a 25% conversion ratio, meaning for 10 people I talk to, I can convert two and a half versus an 85% conversion where I've talked to people and I convert 8.5 of them, eight and a half of, of every 10, that extra five closings per month is an extra 60 closings per year. So I don't know, do you wanna close more loans and really take a look at why you're not converting rather than just sifting through and not converting. So that's what's important here. Um, you know, and I find this in my coaching too, where you know, my clients will say, oh, you know, I'm closing 7, 15, 20, 30, 50 loans a month, whatever it is. That's great. Those are the results. I want to see those, but I want to know how many busy leads came in. Because if you're closing seven loans a month, but you, and you get a hundred leads a month, there is a problem. There's a problem. It's probably a source problem. And when it's like that, if you're uh, closing five, seven loans a month and you get 10, that's a pretty good closing ratio. If you're getting 20, there's probably some sales or system in there that you could get another 
three or four a month. So I hope that this has helped you uh, today on conversions. We're talking about, you know, converting the diamonds that you already have in your in your um, repertoire or and or really looking at the new business that's coming in and figuring out a better way to serve them, to sell to them, to provide a system to make it scalable, to have a better source and to up level you so that people understand why they're uniquely using you. So again, thank you so much for joining us today. If you're brand new, thanks for joining. Welcome to the community. If you've been with us for a while, thanks for working out with me. Thanks for running with me. Thanks for driving down the road with me. I hear all these beautiful things. And I just want to remind you, scroll down on your phone and please put in a five-star rating and write a review. Take a few minutes to write a review. If everybody who listened to this podcast wrote one review Every time that you're on, that you see this or one review a year, we would have all the reviews that we're looking for. So please write the reviews so that it gives me the motivation. Have you ever heard that before where, you know, the actors on the stage, you know, if people aren't clapping or engaged, they don't know if they're serving people. I need to hear that. I need to know that I'm serving you and that you're loving this podcast and that you're learning from this podcast. So please, for God's sakes, write us a great review. Give us a five-star rating. And as always, you can email me at jen at jenduplessis.com. And say, hey, I'd love to hear a topic like this, that, and the other. And I'll be happy to serve you in that manner too. And if I don't know how to do that, I will reach out to people that I do know to serve you. So I look forward to uh, seeing you next time on Mortgage Lending Mastery. Thanks for listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Be sure to subscribe to hear more sales tips, ideas, strategies, and tactics to help you with your personal and professional growth to multiply your results in record time. And if you like what we're doing, don't forget to give us a rating and review so we can continue to bring you the best content possible. Wanting more beyond the podcast? Join our Mortgage Lending Mastery membership community where you will find extended interviews with our favorite guests, weekly training, tips, and insider secrets, fireside chats with Jen, free content, meet, share, and collaborate with other members, and so much more. Click the link in the show notes to learn more about this exclusive content. Mortgage Lending Mastery is an industry syndicate charter podcast. Industry Syndicate is the first podcast network specifically for the mortgage and real estate industries. Get the Industry Syndicate app in the App Store or Google Play today.